end of the year, John. It is. Literally, right? No, two weeks. I've, ha- I've actually had some people asking me, like, when are you going to record a podcast again? Uh, I looked at, I think it was five weeks since we last recorded. Five weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did. It got away from us. We did us. not good this year. Not good. I mean, this has got to be our worst year. As far uh, as. I think maybe our second or third year, we recorded like once a month. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then we made that new commitment to recording more regularly. And then, and then for a while we got, we, we had weekly. Demo. Oh yeah. We sure and did. We were even doing live episodes for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, we can still do live. I still, every once in a while, like the, I get the, the desire to do live because we still have, we still have the setup, like everything. I mean, that, that piece of the new thing that, mm-hmm. that was for live basically Yeah. because it's got all the onboard processing. And so you can just live stream the final output. I think the problem is if you're going to do live, you have to be regular so people can plan to, know, to listen. And we're not, we're not regular because we have day jobs and it's hard to say we're always going to record on this day. I still yeah. think, you know, why not just like turn the stream on? Doesn't matter when it is. I don't, you know, doesn't That's matter true. if two people or 200 people show up. I don't, whatever. <laughs> and then probably closer to two. <laughs> cause, I, cause, cause then I think, well, if we're never going to do live again, I would actually rather go back to um, just, just like tr- you know, tracking our vocals and then doing all the doing basically doing um, all the audio work and just post processing because it's better. I can do like an audition. It's just I can do better work than than the than the hard and than on hardware. It might be better, but you you get files to me much quicker with this setup. That's than true. Before, yeah, yeah. The question is, are you ready for them? Uh, not usually because I have more work to do <laughs> yeah, this you do. than you do. Although your your whole thing is. With Fireside has been much much quicker. Oh yeah, that's, that's much better than it used to be. Yeah, I, <laughs> I still can't believe. I mean, if anyone's listening has looked at like, and I haven't looked in a while, so maybe it's better. But Libsyn is just so. I mean, you got to give them credit because they they were the early supporters of podcasts. Mm-hmm. Very inexpensive. You know, you could host your podcast with them, but it is so crusty. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Hire a freaking UI person, please. How can you be? They've got to be a big company. Well, they they lots of they employees. They did make an update to, to some of the UI stuff, um, I think a year or so after we started using them. But yeah, it's still pretty crusty. And I mean, their thing is just, they're not trying to, they don't want to be a web hoster. They don't want to host your podcast website. But they, they do. They will. They will. Yeah. It's just it's just something that they just have to, it's like a necessary evil to them. But uh, what, all they really want to do is just host your files and, and provide a, a fast fast access to to that content. So. Yeah, I mean, and they're good at that. Yeah, I guess. Well, let's see. So, on this, gosh, I can't get my volume right. Hang on. It's like this volume knob is incredibly sensitive. I'm just, I'm not gonna get it right. It's gonna be too loud or too quiet. Uh, it'll adjust. Yeah, I'll just lose a little bit more hearing. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so this is our end of the year where we do our our amazing um hyper-informed expert predictions for the year. Yeah, they're not going to be. Uh, yeah. Can, can I? Well, can they I, never, first of all, they never are. <laughs> no, they're never incredible. And I, I realized that after I was making my list, I was like, you know, I really don't care. Yeah. Well, you should wait till you hear my predictions. <laughs> I think it started out as we used to just kind of have fun with it. And it was, and, but now that I'm trying to make predictions, it's not fun. Oh, yeah. When it's just off the cuff going, hey, what do you think the next year is going to be like? Then it's, it's fun. I when, I, when I had to take the time to write it down and just put some thoughts down, I was like, Eh, I don't really care about these things I'm predicting. 
One thing that I've got to fix is I just I haven't had the mental downtime to think about stuff and and to keep up with things as much as I want to. That's a good. And so I just I don't have a lot of thoughts about things right now, which is a reminder, by the way. The company John and I work for, we are hiring pretty much all positions still. So if you are a consultant or one or interested in consulting. And this is, you know, we do, it's mainly like technology process consulting. We, you know, obviously Salesforce is a big partner of ours. Um, but yeah, or if you're a developer um, or anything in between, admin developer, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever these things are called, um, please, uh, where, where, where do you go? Is it elevation.solutions slash careers? That would make sense, but I don't know. Let's see. Let me, let me check that. I don't think I've ever gone there. I'm going to have, yeah, that's it. So we have, okay, senior consultant, consultant, implementation specialist, and Salesforce engineer. <clears throat> Salesforce, specifically. Yeah. Is so, the engineer the developer role? It is, yeah. I mean, engineer, well, right, developer. Yeah. I've, I've had so many, as a developer, just air quotes developer, yeah. I've had so many titles that kind of allude to being a developer. Hmm. Um, even one of my first full-time developer roles, I was a program analyst too. Oh, I hate those. <laughs> like it's like it sounds like a sequel of some sort when they yeah. when they put the number behind it. Well, technically it was hiding me as a developer, yeah. which is why I was program analyst. And the reason it was program analyst too was uh it was a big company who paid you on a scale based on title or role. And so you had things like program analyst one, two, and three. Uh and those those delineations dictated your pay. Different rate. different bands. Yeah. yeah. Different yeah. bands of rate, yeah. Yeah. I know, it's just so it's so it's such a dehumanizing ta- taxonomy of humans. Yeah, you know, I don't like it. Don't like it, John. But whatever. Um, but yeah, uh, we you know if we can get some more help, then you and I might have a little bit more time to record a podcast more often or think about things. I like. I need to get back to thinking about things. I need <laughs> idle time. You know, that's when I think about things, and I just haven't really had it. Time to breathe. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And just. Recharge, oh, that can reset. be dangerous. You know how um, I've got so many projects that I haven't gotten in, gotten to do. I mean, just side projects, my open source stuff. I haven't had, you know, just it's just all falling to the wayside. Yeah, and I I, I uh, predict a problem with that though. Um, you know how you restrict? Is this is this one of your official predictions? No, this is just okay. a a anecdote on top of what you're saying. You okay. know how you restrict? If you restrict eating, like if you fast, and yes. you get back to eating, your instinct is to is to uh, binge. Is it? Yes. See, I can't because I get full so fast after I fast. But well, like, oh, well, here's a better example. If you don't eat sugar for a while and then you eat sugar and you get used to eating sugar, like when you don't eat sugar for a while, sugar tastes too sweet and you don't eat mm-hmm. a lot of it. That's but me. then then that that sweetness tends to you get used to it, and then you start to want to crave it more, and so you start to binge on it more. Mm. Uh, I, I I use that analogy because I was so busy with work. I couldn't really, I didn't have time to think through my solutions. It was build, 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 build as best as I can, test, 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 take feedback, iterate, just like that. I couldn't really think through the solution the way I wanted to. Um, Now that I'm working on something that I have a little bit more leeway and a little bit more time, A, it's taking me longer because I'm trying to think more, but because I'm so out of practice of thinking, I feel like I'm binging on the the time Mm, that I have. Because I have a little bit more time, I feel like I'm just eating away at that time, just sitting there thinking. And not being as productive as I probably could be. Yeah. Might have been a poor analogy, but that's no, that makes sense. I get it. 
Um, okay, well, what am I going to start with? What, uh, there's, there are some news things I wanted to go over, just topics. I put, yeah, I see you didn't put anything on our document this week. Uh, I, f- I have some things, but they're kind of old because we were planning on recording sooner. I know. My, all my stuff's old, too. I still want to talk to you about it, though, even though that I'm sure it's so old, things old news for, for Things like the, the Brett stuff, the, the Brett e- stuff. even Brett Taylor, yeah, that okay. stuff. Um, I even had some stuff from the uh, New York event, but I, I, I don't re- even remember it. I haven't even looked back at it. At the time, it was fresh, and I had all these thoughts, and now I don't. Okay. My stuff's, I mean, a lot of my stuff's not even really Salesforce-related, but um, the first one was actually, a, a, um, I would say, this is a community topic. Uh, and it was, let me click on it. Okay, topic suggestion. This comes from Nicholas. There's some discussion going on whether product or when products should be declared GA and when not. Specifically for functions, I've recently had an interesting discussion about it. Uh, did you see this? And then, um, so someone asks, you know, why is Salesforce naming these things GA and I still can't test them in my scratch org? Spent a morning being frustrated. I've noticed this. Um, yeah, most of this played out on Twitter. Uh, you know, it's great when you have customers and partners that always find perfect explanations for your own shortcomings and nicely reject reasonable criticism. Well, yeah, they got a good PR machine over there, man. I can tell you that. You know, that's their, they're doing their job. Uh, it's GA for the five companies that are willing to pay for it. That's, that was one comment. Yeah. Uh, the, these things can't be packaged. I mean, I think they're mostly. They're talking, talking about functions. Are functions GA? They're not, right? I think they're. Cons- that, that's the, that's the problem that he's trying to describe is that they've called it GA. It's in front of a paywall, um, but it's priced so high that you can't really get it in, in terms of just affording it. And then there's some limitations in trying to set up. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speak to that. I'm just gonna say I understand what they're saying. Salesforce has been lenient about what they call GA. Things that should be beta, beta. things that should be pilot, they've gotten really loose with. Like It's weird because for the think, longest time they they would I mean stuff would be in pilot and beta forever. I know, I know. And I don't know what happened. Well, um, and functions like, like has one, been functions has been in some form of, you know, early release/pilot/beta slash pilot slash beta for I think it's fair to say years now. It's got it's I think have we hit kind of the 2 year and it, we passed the two-year mark since from when they announced Evergreen. Yeah, I mean, I know this stuff's you know it's it's hard to do. It's hard to it's hard to build at a scale that um, supports self you know Salesforce's in, you know scale. Yeah, I used to I used to blame this on marketing, thinking that marketing was pushing faster than than the product team was willing to release things. Like they they needed something GA so they could do their big PR release, and that could be part of it. The, the, but there's the also C- the CFO needs things announced too. So there's also things that. Um, that doesn't really have a lot of widespread um, knowledge. I mean, it's not something that would be a PR thing or be a marketing thing that ha- that don't appear to be ready. Uh, for instance, for second generation packages, um, I needed the ability to delete something from my package. So in order to do that, you have to get approval from Salesforce because they basically have to have you say that you understand the ramifications of deleting stuff out of your package. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I went to this and, and first generation packages has this and I've done this for first generation packages, gone through the thing and said, hey, I understand the risks and this and that and I'll be careful, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they, they gave me the access. Well, I went to this for second generation because it said beta. If you need access to this, go ask here. Was it beta or GA? I think it was beta. But either way, whenever I got the feedback from support, they're like, uh, you need to talk to your technical, is it technical advisor? 
uh, maybe whatever <clears throat> your whoever your tech person in contact is supposed to be at Salesforce, so they can give approval for this. This is a pilot feature. And I'm like, pilot. It says beta on the documentation. It says to click here and sign up. <laughs> so, so I I think it's a little bit of both. What are you deleting? I'm just curious. Um, just things that got into the package that shouldn't be. I mean, like a class. I can't even delete a class. Oh, okay. Once it's been, and it's not. It's not, not, a, global, it's not a global. Right? Yeah. It's just a regular class, and it, I can't delete it. So. I'm not going to get you on start. I see you. Oh, no, I see like, you. My blood is already boiling. Like <laughs> in any other platform in the world, you just hit Shift F6 and or whatever. You delete. You re, you know you rename. You refactor. Mm-hmm. Um, Salesforce, open a. Oh, you want to refactor something? Open a case, mm-hmm. and then we'll reject it. And then you can appeal. And then you can appeal. And then you can get rejected. <laughs> and then maybe one day, you know. <laughs> well, this is this is about a package. Uh, I understand some of the issues with with deleting from packages especially if you create a field and now you delete that field and if they go ahead and delete that from orgs when they install it that's technically deleting client data and all that kind of stuff so yeah fields is different something that that store could store client data that's 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 a different scenario than refactoring some some private classes yeah but still isn't isn't it not completely different it should be, but I, there's just there just seems to be. St- I don't know why you couldn't delete non-public, or sorry, non non-global thing classes from your package. Yeah. What, what's the? I don't know. What's even the? I mean, maybe there's a reason that I'm not thinking of, but I I can't because I can't think of how um, an installed org could form a de- any kind of dependency on a non-global class. Yeah, I don't know. It has some. I I, I really don't know. Yeah, I don't either. Okay. All I know is that there were some things that when I went to tr- create my release version, I got all this errors saying I couldn't do it because it was already in a package and all that kind of stuff. And um, I mean, second generation packaging is takes some getting used to, especially with the ancestry stuff that I had to figure out, which we've talked about before. So it, it kind of comes to that. The nice thing about ancestry is you could technically abandon a whole code base and just create a whole new version with you know, depend zero dependencies, and that becomes the new start of your package. So you, you you could technically just abandon all of it and start from scratch using using the kind of ancestry schema, which is a, a big plus of that. But the con to it is that you have to maintain that manually maintain that hierarchy, that history when you're creating versions. Yeah. Well, let's so let's get back to the Over, question. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, what what should be required for things to be you know can called GA. Uh, I mean, I think it should be ready. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess clear thing, you know, that's been generally tested. I mean, there's definitely works. art to um, what you consider a first release. It, but, kind of, but it, that, that's true. But I mean, in the enterprise software world, if you're going to call it GA, I mean, it, it needs to it needs to work reasonably well. Obviously, things are always going to have bugs. Um, it needs to have good documentation. Mm-hmm. Um, it needs to be, here's one of the killer things. It needs to have good complete metadata support i have to be able to deploy this thing yeah whatever it is and in fact things that don't have metadata support or don't have good meta some things have metadata support but it's buggy as hell mm-hmm. um those are pretty much dead to me and that still includes things like communities or whatever the hell they call them now so not even it's, beta to you just uh, no not. they're just like i just i there's listen as much as salesforce talks about cicd now get out of here with that you're not CICD. You're fixing shit manually all the time. If mm-hmm. unless you, you know, as soon as you hit all these edge cases with things, 
because the metadata deployment system is just not that for a lot of this, these metadata types is not just doesn't work. doesn't work well enough. Yeah. Um, so good metadata sports. It's that, that is critical. That is so important. And I don't, it's weird. I feel like I've been dragging Salesforce kicking and screaming for years or trying to, I mean, they'd probably, you know, I don't have the ear of anyone there, but if I did, I mean, but every time I do talk to them, I'm just always like, guys, this is so important. This is so important. But I, <laughs> like, I, I feel like you don't realize how important this is. No, I think they, they realize it and they know it. I mean, it seems every time we've talked to people, they, you get the sense that they understand that and they know that and they know it's an issue. A lot just, of, a lot of people. It, yeah. And there was a tide that turned a few years ago and I say a few, it may be even more than that. Five years ago, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was even before Wade got there, but then Wade kind of ushered in, I think. A lot of just we got to fix this stuff. I mean, I know he didn't he didn't work in the metadata group, but I think he tried to influence them as much as much as he could. And and the weird thing about the, the metadata API is that it's um, I mean that that team itself is not responsible for actually implementing uh, the the metadata API for different features for different products or whatever they're called in Salesforce. Like it's, it's that team that's, they have to implement their, their part of the metadata API for their product. Mm. And so (laughs) it's very decentralized, I guess the whole metadata system in terms of the, the human topology here, it's very decentralized. Yeah. I I think, I guess it's one of the cons to having kind of that modularized approach. Yeah. And I don't know if this is kind of like a tragedy of the commons or if it's just like, uh, you you just can't get everyone together on the same page um, to get this system in a, in a in better shape. I mean, and, it, and there have been a lot of improvement, improvements to it. I don't mean to make it sound like there, there haven't been, but it's just still not there yet. Uh, there's still so many things you, that prevent you from having full, you know, like continuous integration. Yeah. Um, there are still just things that require either manual action or require you to break up like deployments into a series of deployments because the system can't handle going from state a to state b it's got to go to oh you want to go to state b well you got to go to state a1 then state a2 then state a3 and then you can go to state b like you have to there's just weird things like that like especially um something that where you're turning like i'm trying to think like activating a new thing or um like even i think even like if you're if you've got a community in your uh, in your metadata and you're deploying it to an org where, that doesn't have that community yet, and this might be oh, let me have to fix this, but you couldn't you couldn't deploy that. Um, w- what I would have to do is manually go create just the just the skeleton of that community and the target org, and then I could deploy to it. For some reason, it couldn't create the org and then also like populate all its metadata at the same time. I don't know. There's just all like, these weird things like that that. There, there are some improvements to that, but and I think it is possible to do that now. But I found it to be very buggy and yeah. quirky yeah. to the point where I now do what you just said. Yeah, I always create it, and then I'll migrate things, and then and then configure it after that. And I'm doing virtually no Salesforce deployment these days, so I'm I'm definitely out of the loop. Um, but I see, I, but I still see people dealing with these same issues. Well, I think I think one of the main problems is, um, well, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> We're trying to answer this question about yeah. what's GA, and I, I think I think the way it should work and the way it traditionally works is that 
you have a pilot feature. I mean, obviously you have it in your lab, isolated in your testing internally. Then you put it out to pilot with a few select people who either ask for this feature or know about this feature have opted into this feature. And then you can publish it as beta if, if it warrants it. You know, if it's a very complicated piece and it has a lot of moving parts and it's just not stable enough, put it into beta, let it exist as beta for some time <clears throat> until it gets a, a certain amount of usage and you feel comfortable with the, with the state of it or the stability of it. And then you can mark it as GA is my opinion on how that should work. Uh, but it does feel like we're skipping the beta phase. It seems like we've, we've skipped pilot phase quite a bit. Like pilot, what used to be pilot is now beta. Or, or maybe, or is it just, is it possible that you're just not paying as much attention to some of these new products that are coming out and, and you, you've just missed the pilot part? Also, what was the pilot of functions? I, I don't know. Maybe there was a pilot. I think there was a pilot. I don't know if there was. Maybe there was. It was hard to get into it. I mean, this yeah. is a limited thing, but I think there was a pilot. And, I, and maybe I, it's I, just that they're not publishing pilots. Maybe they're, they're just, they're reaching out individually and they're not really advertising the pilot features. Yeah, they do it on a need-to-know basis. Apparently, you don't need to know, John. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> um, and also, I don't know that everything goes through pilot. I mean, because I think, you know, part of the thing with pilot is like, let's see if we envisioned this feat this this feature the way we thought we would mm -hmm. and let's see if there if we think the product market fit is what it is yeah because at the end of the pilot they may realize that yeah we don't we don't have a product here actually this is not something that customers this is not the way that customers wanted this to work or that works for them and and or we, we're not able to make money on this right. so it's completely okay at the end of a pilot just that's that's a very valid conclusion to a pilot is okay cool we're done wrap it up <laughs> yeah and that, that has happened and I think that's that's a fair use of it. And not everything's going to warrant that process of beta, you know, pilot beta, whatever. Uh, some of them are straightforward and simple enough features, or they're they're additions to to existing functionality that doesn't warrant that. Yeah. But yeah. some of these new major technologies or features or things that they're they're adding to the system, I think, should follow a bit more rigor and should be a little bit more available <laughs> so that they can get get it to the point where it's more stable and they can call it GA. But I, my suspicion is that a lot of it's driven by marketing. They need to make a headline. They need to make an announcement. They need to show something, um, which I think is unfortunate because that, when we're talking about being able to breathe and think something through, I think that hinders the product team from being able to do that because Salesforce is always in this mode of growth, always in this mode of having to publish something new. Or And if they don't have anything, they'll invent something. They'll I mean, rebrand something just so they can say it's brand new. Three releases a year, right? Four financial reports a year. Yeah, it's. it's I. I. <clears throat> I don't. I, I. I have a lot of sympathy for people that have that work in these incredibly like rigorous, deadline schedule driven environments because that's mm -hmm. definitely what Salesforce is in. I mean, that's um, that's tough. And obviously, Salesforce is huge. It's very going to be probably fairly bureaucratic, and it's probably hard to get things done. Yeah, and, and you're dealing sense. with obviously a massive amount of legacy code, legacy systems, and mm -hmm. legacy APIs, legacy infrastructure, and it's uh, you know, you're just got to deal with all that, and it just you know it's not probably optimal, but it is what it is. I mean, um, you know, it's still I mean, Salesforce is doing well and growing, and you know, if you don't want to deal with legacy crap, go work for a startup where you can, you know code in whatever is the hot language at the time.
Kotlin or uh, maybe you're maybe you're like <laughs> Haskell, maybe you're a functional nerd, you know, whatever. Erlang. It, it's a, it's a kind of the grass is greener though. Yeah, it is. It is. And there's something to be said, you know, working for a stable big company that has a ton of cash, you know, don't have to worry yeah. about where your next paycheck's coming from. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, um, what about um, packageability? Should that be a requirement for GA? I mean, I think you should be able to package anything <laughs> and, <laughs> and release it. Uh, do you remember? Because that's how Salesforce advertises it. Yeah. Build it, build your app. Oh, I know. Just build it, dream it, uh, yeah. and then package it. You can build it. the next Salesforce on Salesforce. I, I wish, mean, I mean, I wish how many I people had... have we worked for in the past? <laughs> they were like, oh, build this thing. And when once you're done building it, move it to this environment because we're going to package and sell that. It's like, well, that's not how it works. I wish. I, I wish. Do you remember when this was so long? It's probably 10 years ago, if not more. Um, but Benioff said at like Dreamforce or somewhere, he's like, we want you to build the next Salesforce on Salesforce. <laughs> I wish I had a clip of that so bad. I don't know when that was, though. Um, but do you remember, I had this idea. <clears throat> I don't know if I couldn't get you on board with it or, or if we just didn't, we just were too lazy to do it. But like, we were going to come up with a, um, a Salesforce developer bill of rights. I vaguely remember that, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, was, that would be one of the things, you know, like you said, I think everything should be packageable. That, that goes on our bill of rights. Yeah. I think know, we all just, items I mean, are packageable. I mean, how many problems would be solved in terms of the, the DevOps <clears throat> section of, of this would be solved by just being able to have a known build that you can push and know would, would work? Let me ask you this. What, what uh, current state of affairs with Salesforce, what percentage of a Salesforce developer's time is spent on actually implementing business logic and valuable things versus accidental complexity of the platform? Uh, what's that breakdown? That's that's the, a two the, part question. First very, part, what's the breakdown? What's the breakdown? Yeah, between those two. Uh, probably my my very cynical side of it is seventy thirty, meaning seventy percent dealing with platform, thirty percent dealing with business requirements. Really? Yeah. Holy crap! Okay, let's dig into the seventy percent. Okay. Is that um, deployment metadata stuff? Is that what is that? It's everything from. From writing code, saving a class, uh, creating the data model. Trying to refactor something, trying to the, delete something. The, the clickiness <laughs> of trying to create an object and oh, define yeah, that yeah, and yeah. and also be cautious of permissioning and everything. Because that, that's... You know what? Is that something that in some things I can... Uh, Illuminated Cloud could help with more? Like, you know, you used to mention the clickiness of creating a new object. No reason I, that I can think of that things I can tell it uh, in Illuminated Cloud couldn't m- give a much better experience on that. I mean, I guess you can... I mean... When it comes down to it, you could just go into your metadata directory, the whatever it's called, the objects, I think, and mm-hmm. create it, create a new metadata file from scratch. There are tools I mean, out there that will let you create objects very quickly, almost like a spreadsheet. You just type in all the fields you want, click save, and it creates everything. But there's you. so much that happens when in when you in Salesforce when you create an object, it, especially in permissions and profiles and all that stuff. I know it's like doing all that at once. Yep. Layouts, tabs. Mm-hmm. So and that's why I say it's, it's, you end up, you could find those tools, but the tools that do it all want you to buy it. And the tools that don't do it all, they kind of give you that quick access. You, it will create the object in all the fields, sometimes give you some configurability, but you still have to go in and kind of do all your permissioning, create the tab, uh, create all your compact layouts. And now, well, that's the other problem. Now we've got uh, lightning builders to deal with because we mm-hmm. have to, it's not just a page layout anymore. Now you have to do the configure the builder, the actual UI. Um, so it gets more complicated than that in trying to trying to set that up. Now, in our team, we kind of split those duties up. We have someone else who's doing the, the 
the config portion of it and I'm doing the codes. So sometimes that cuts down on it. But if, if it was just me as a developer and I'm building something in app and I'm responsible for building that app, including the data, then it's very point and click intensive, create the data, create the data model, sync that back to my environment. If I make a change, now I got to do that and then sync it back to my environment. Uh, it's not quick. Yeah. So writing code and saving the class, you know, that takes time to push it up. And if you have errors, you have to wait for that to come back. So that's time. It eats, it chips away at you. It's, yep. it's a second. It's maybe half a second, or sometimes it's two or three seconds. And if Salesforce is having a bad day, it's, it's, it's tens of seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's that factor. And then there's the testing side of it. Um, setting up all your data structures and everything to test and then running your tests just take, it takes time. I mean, I can't run tests that won't take, you know, 30 seconds to a minute on a single class, even if it has no DML. Um, although there are good days. Like, I know it's weird. For some reason, it's this so last weird. week, a uh, couple of days ago, I was running my tests and they were coming back really fast. Yeah. I mean, I not fast enough to where I think I could live run them while I'm coding. <laughs> yeah. But they were, they were pretty snappy. Um, and and th- I, those, those tests didn't have any DML. So I don't know if that was, if they did something or if it was just because everyone's off and the, the servers are, are, are loose right now, but, um, it was, it was pretty snappy and I was, I was happy, but there are times where I'm under a crunch and I have to fix something or I have to test something and I have to go back and forth between the UI and coding and building something. And that takes forever because not only am I coding and trying to fix, I have to go into Salesforce and hard refresh because I don't know what the cache is doing. I don't know if something's been cached and it's not loading my new code into the screen. And so I'm having to deal with that. Mm. And all of this, I mean, it sounds, um, what is the word, facetious or something? It sounds like I'm over-exaggerating the 70-30 split. But the problem is that throughout my day, it takes time. There's chips at my time, saving, compiling, testing, running tests, deploying, trying to deploy something. It takes time. And especially if you're trying to deploy something that has that you're trying to run the test as you deploy. Yeah. So trying to iterate really quickly in a cycle, you get a bug fix, a hot fix or something and trying to fix that and do all that. It takes so much time. And to the point where I feel bad, I feel bad that it's taken me four hours to fix this one problem. Yeah. And I have to charge the client four hours. I know. Well, they picked the platform, not you. I know. I'm just saying <laughs> it's, it, I feel bad about it sometimes <laughs> yeah. that it, I feel bad that I, that I charged them for me to sit here and stare at my screen. Or to sit there and, and read something because I'm waiting for Salesforce to come back with, with all my tests. Because for God forbid I walk away because I might miss when it finally responded back. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and th- that's something that happens with me, especially with tests. Um, you know, if I know it, if every time I have to run this test and I'm running it all the time because I'm actively developing and I know it's like solid 10, 20 seconds, that's just enough time for me to flip over to Twitter and next thing I know, I just lost seven minutes because I got mm-hmm. some, someone shared some, you know, article in Twitter or something that I'm interested in, or I'm reading some thread in Twitter, you know, yeah. um, it's really bad on ADD people. I can tell you that, but well, it, it dehumanizes the process. I mean, you almost feel like if you're not here staring at your screen, you're going to miss the time it takes. You can't focus is no, what I'm right. saying. It really breaks up. Your- you can't take that time, focus and be productive because you have to stop. You can't ever get in a zone. Yeah. You have zone. to stop. I remember it, um, DHH um, talking about his, you know, tests and test speed. And he's like, oh, we require, I mean, because, you know, he'll, they'll have up like, I don't know, they're probably doing like TMUX or something. Um, you know, maybe like 
three or four terminals and there's like just there's a kind of a guard that's watching changes or anything and anytime you change something that's that there's tests for it you know the test just automatically run he's like our rule is by the time your eyes can get move from your code window to to your little test window the test has to be done yeah i mean we're talking split second stuff and that's those are unit tests i mean in the truest sense yeah i mean if yeah. you're if you have a test that you know cr- you know creates a new database inside a inside a docker container and then populates all your uh schema and then loads c data and i mean obviously that shit's going to take time mm-hmm. um but the unit tests should be fast and, the pro- and again this goes back to the problem of I, I don't think you can really do unit tests on the salesforce platform i, I don't know you can do a test that doesn't actually create a database transaction um i think that's part of what slows it down is it it does it i don't think salesforce inspects your test code to see are, are they interacting with a database are they interacting with the with the authentication and and permission system or is it is this code interacting with call outs or anything i don't think it i don't think it's checking into that it's just it's spinning up the whole platform mm-hmm. for your test right. even if you're just trying to test business logic in a in a in a in a um in like a purely functional class or something yeah it still spins everything up um and that just so there are no there are no unit tests again unless i'm wrong unless it's something i'm not aware of no i think it i think you're right i think i think that's part of the problem that that they have today in providing that feature because it sounds like something they could easily do by giving us an annotation i just thought of something just like you know speaking of annotations sorry if you hmm let's say you do have what are basically pure unit tests what if you put see all data on on them because then now it's still probably spinning everything up if you don't have CL data, one thing the Salesforce does is it in in a transaction that gets rolled back, it deletes everything from every freaking table, almost every table, all all your data tables, right? I don't know how they do that. I think that's how they do that. And then your test runs, and then they roll the transaction back at the end of the test so that nothing actually got deleted, and and that and whatever data work that your test did also gets, gets all rolled back. It's all in a, a transaction. But what if it didn't have to delete everything? Every time a test runs, if you're not interacting with data at all, why not just put CL data on everything? I know, I know, CL data is is a smell, mm-hmm. and it should be considered a smell, except on tests where you're actually not doing any data work. Why not just put CL data? Then it doesn't have to go through this process of deleting everything. What I don't know, I'm assuming that that's going to be faster, but I'm not sure. I haven't tested this. Just an idea. I don't know. Well, I th- I think there's an inherent problem in the testing system that they have that prevents them from creating that split because i i don't i i what i would like to see is an annotation just like we have cl data that says no dml and within that test class it just it wouldn't stand up a database yeah it would just run the code that would be ideal yeah and those would be faster and that would also drive i think well not that i want that to drive development behavior but um most of us have already kind of moved to to separation of uh, well, I, I can see where it gets harder than that. I mean, for the truest sense of business logic and just calculating something or returning a value, running an algorithm that returns a value and in and out, mm-hmm. that's fine for unit testing. But so much of what we do is so database. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, we're we're working, we're building a database app. I yeah, mean, it's, it's a data platform. It's I mean, just, Salesforce is a data. It's platform. hard. It, the benefit of doing that, you'd probably have maybe in a small project, 
two or three classes that are true business logic classes and that everything else interacts with the database. So I don't know that we're buying much with that. And maybe that's Salesforce's take too, is to rip out the, the testing system, rebuild it so that we can support this. It's going to support like maybe 10% of the classes of the, yeah, of the code yeah, out there. Yeah. And the rest of it is all database interaction. I know that's the, that's the tough stuff about <clears throat> that's the tough, tough thing about these, you know, gi- giant companies with, you know, huge platforms and tons of customers is, you know, you have to, it's like you have to do you do a research project before you can even uh, propose something. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting to kind of think it through and talk it out loud because your emotional instinct is fix this. This is stupid. We should, but then as you think it through and the and the platform that they're dealing with the the fact that that you, the application that you're, you're that you're on that you're using is not just you. You know, you're you're on a pod with a bunch of other people. You're sharing the same database. And you're sharing the same app runtime in memory. You just have all these different customizations within that that are that are isolated in some fashion. So all these changes and things that we're talking about just has a larger effect and impact than we could imagine. I think. Yeah. Oh, I mean, for sure. And this is to, to follow up on our conversation before we started recording. I mean, this is this is classic project uh, product manager work. Yeah. No. <clears throat> But if you're a product manager, you're not going to advocate for this giant thing we're talking about here, which will improve some small percentage of of tests. That's that you know, it's going to be expensive to do. I mean, that's a that project could actually take like a year plus. Well, if, if I, I don't know, I, I don't know how big yeah, Salesforce right. is in the bureaucracy. I, I imagine. And then what are you going to have to show for it? Well, that, how do you that's prove? Of, how do you prove that you're saving? money and you're making customers happier and stuff how do you i don't know yeah and that's that's the business plan that has to come with proposing a project like that which is product manager work right there and probably the first question is is how does this help us sell more licenses that is the which i think is the challenge for all of us in the development community is the things we're asking for i don't think translate to licenses they translate to developer experience which makes it easier and us happy but i don't know that it sells licenses and you know, and you know the the, peop- the the people who make these decisions at Salesforce. I mean, obviously they they want to they they need to have happy customers. Salesforce knows that from the top to the bottom, right? Sure. Um, but when it comes down to it, it's hard to sign off on something that doesn't that isn't going to get you some more licenses sold directly. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to ever run a report that's like, oh, see how many licenses we new licenses we we sold because of this. We made tests more comfortable for developers. Yeah. You're never going to see that. No one's ever going to be able to prove that to you. Right. It's like it's like trying to justify marketing spend and like connecting. Like let's say you, I don't know, you you run ads on TV or you put up billboards. Like, how do you measure that? It's hard. I mean, that's why in those there's codes and discount codes and all this kind of crap because it helps you tie and cookies and it's just, you know and on, and at least in digital advertising it's a lot easier because mm-hmm. you can. You know, you can use Salesforce to track your humans everywhere <laughs> on what they're right. doing, the customer data platform or whatever it was called. Um, well, that's a numbers game in trying to acquire customers. But I, the, the flip side to marketing, which I think is probably the phase that Salesforce is in, is just maintaining market share and name recognition, maintaining the brand. So whatever, the, what they, don't, they don't really care that, that what they're mar- spending marketing on translates to, I mean, they care. But what they really care about is making sure that everyone knows Salesforce exists and that that Salesforce is in the back of your mind. Yeah. Like Coke and Pepsi. I mean, Coke and Pepsi. I mean, 
Yeah. It's just about maintaining that yeah. brand in terms of marketing. I mean, Salesforce is not is not a developer platform. Um, and I'll contrast that with something Salesforce owns, Heroku, which is very much a developer's platform. I, I should say a developer's platform. Like it was made for developers. Yeah. Yeah. And the Salesforce just isn't that. It's made for marketing, sales and marketing people. And and they do just enough on the developer side to you know, they're like, okay, what are the who's screaming the loudest? What are people screaming the loudest about? We'll 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 address that. It's like a they're coming at it from a different the opposite angle. Not, not a it's not a ground up to how awesome gets developed, but it's it's just a well, hey, what do we have to do so that mm-hmm. it doesn't prevent more license sales? It's a balance. Yeah. yeah I mean it, yeah. it comes back to what we we're talking about, that that product management and having the meeting to prioritize things. Some of the things you're gonna prioritize because they're quality of life improvements that need to get done. It's just in your backlog and you chip away at it as best you can. And then there's things you prioritize because you need to make an announcement at the next quarter <laughs> of this new great feature that's going to help you grow your customer base. Yeah. And I and popping the stack, <laughs> I think all this feeds into what I believe is why they're playing fast and loose with beta and GA stuff. Another, I know this is super obvious, but another platform that i would say is definitely such such a developer's platform mm-hmm. github um yeah. netlify I'm trying to think of other ones they're just like these are all about well github to w- me is more of a developer tool than a well i guess it's becoming I, a platform uh, yeah i mean i guess just hang loose with me on the terminology sure. here it's just like a product slash platform slash whatever that was made from the ground up from the beginning with like, we're going to delight developers first. That is our number one business strategy and everything else follows from that. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was feeling a little bit dizzy. Were you? Yeah. I'm telling you, you're dehydrated. All right. We, we probably should, we got to move <laughs> on because uh, we're running out of time here and I'm not going to get to any of my other stuff. Right, here's, I'll just, I'll do a rundown of what I wanted to talk about. Um, the new release of IntelliJ, just, I got some cool new stuff. Um, also this IntelliJ fleet. Did you see that? Uh-uh. Okay. So it's okay. I, I'm not, this may probably a very reductive description, but it's kind of like their answer to something like VS code. It's a, it's a stripped down like editor. It's kind of like an editor, except it's got all the, um, language, uh, all the support for all the languages. It's got Git. It's got all kinds of stuff. And it can, I think it runs in. You can run it on their cloud. Like you can just you know, get to, go to a URL and it's there. But I mean, or you can run it locally and it just, and it's unlike IntelliJ, which, you know, loads the world when you open it and mm-hmm. takes up a gig of RAM. Yeah. Um, fleet just pops right open like a, like a good text editor should. But it's got all that, supposedly, I haven't used it, that IntelliJ goodness though. Huh. But it's not a full featured IDE. It's more like, again, I think it's the kind of their VS Code answer. And the way that, you know, you can, what's, what's Microsoft's product called that you can run VS Code in their cloud? What same thing that Salesforce's thing is going to be built on, I think, right? That same technology. Um, I think it's just still called VS Code. Yeah, but there's a name for the thing that when you're running it in Microsoft's cloud, like oh. they're hosting. Yeah, I don't know. Um, also, Fleet has a thing where, I guess you can be, you can, it's almost like a remote terminal thing. You can have Fleet on, an, on a, like say, on your work computer, and then mm-hmm. you can go at home and open Fleet. And basically, you're running the fleet that's on your computer. That's interesting. Yeah, I know. So, uh, AWS Amplify was announced a few weeks ago, I guess. But it's um, it's a TechCrunch cut said it's their new low-code app development platform. It's 
mm. Amazon doesn't call it that, and I don't. I didn't see anyone, anyone else calling it that. Um, but it looks pretty cool. Um, it basically uh, like you just got all this all this tooling to make developing like full stack apps on AWS just much easier. So there's all this tooling around it, but um, it, okay, here's like a category of things it includes authentication. So fast and easy authentication out of the box APIs, So uh, rest GraphQL APIs, Lambda uh, storage, so all the storage stuff, um, geolocation, obviously hosting. So it sets up CI CD pipelines. So the whole build deployment process, it's kind of all automated included chat bots, whatever pub sub, um, data store use on device persistent storage to be able to use your application when offline. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, functions, analytics, AI and ML predictions, push notifications, and extensibility. Um, yeah, but anyway, so the tools are there's a CLI, there's all these libraries slash SDKs. So there's um, for all like all the popular front end um, frameworks, mm-hmm. like React, View, whatever. So they've got all these um, libraries for those that basically let you easily plug into all your all this AWS hosted stuff. Um, there's a special console, and there's this thing Amplify Studio, which is, I guess, the kind of the tooling. But um, looks really cool. Like I almost want to just like, hey, let's what what's the what's the hello world of full stack enterprise apps these days? Is it still like a blogging platform? Is that still like the test? Yeah, it's to do list. <laughs> to, oh, to do list. There you go. That's one. Yeah. Um, oh, it looks really cool. Um, seems like it's kind of all about developer experience and just quick, you know, mm-hmm. like you can, because normally, I mean, think of all that stuff I just mentioned. I mean, if you're obviously that, if, if you build an app that hits all those different categories of things, I mean, that's a very complex app <laughs> with push and uh, analytics and all that kind of stuff. You know, that's, that's complex. But, um, but normally, you know, it's, it's just a ton of work to to provision all that cr- crap and whatever. And this is just, yeah. It sounds of, like it's it just it's got all this tooling around it, developer tooling that just makes it easy to spin all that stuff up and tie it into your project and and then deploy it and and monitor it and all that you know through, through the whole life cycle. Yeah, it sounds. It sounds. I mean, it sounds like it has the right kind of hooks and the right kind of nodes in the right places so that you can. You're right. I don't. I don't know. That would call that low code. It sounds. It sounds like more like platform <laughs> platform setup or platform tooling than than say low code so this is this was actually news from this is this is pretty fresh a day or two ago so oracle bought this company cerner have you heard of, have you heard of them uh-uh. um 30 billion dollars wow what did it, what did what's salesforce most recent acquisition it was slack right slack. how much was that was it ni- 19 how much was slack I mean, it was billions but salesforce Wires Slack. 20, oh, 27.7 billion. Wow. Is that right? Don't know. Yeah. Um, Salesforce. 20, yeah, but that was 27 billion. So, yeah. Oracle's buying Cerner. $30 billion. They're a, like a giant healthcare, like in the cloud kind of technology services company. Mm a huge push into I don't, I don't know if it's like an emr but it's all kinds of healthcare applications and services so oracle just bought them and of course the question is now 
You know, I keep wondering because I mean, you know, Salesforce has the health cloud, right? But that's nothing like this. Um, no. You know, I'm I'm just wondering, like, when does Salesforce really take the giant jump into? There's two things I feel like are still outstanding. It's probably more than that, but one is I think the uh, obvious healthcare is, is would be one that could take a much bigger step, like a, a giant acquisition. It, it, it would have to be, mm-hmm. but the other is um, human resources management. They still haven't gotten into that. Well, I would add on um, ERP to that too. Yeah, like yeah, so like logistics and warehousing and shipping and mm-hmm. order. But they have that. They kind of they they've dipped their toes in. They have, there's like orders and invoices and stuff now. Because I don't I mean, what all does ERP include above and beyond, like HR? So HR is HR is a big part of ERP, all the HR management mm-hmm. stuff. But what else would does ERP include? I think it's all those things I mentioned, right? Just like um, warehousing and, and logistics and orders. Well, yeah, and there there'd be stuff. HR, logistics, and financials. So building financials, and account yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. It's like, do they do financials? Yeah. I mean, when does Salesforce just become the giant? Becomes Oracle. Yeah, yeah. I mean, exactly, because that's what that's basically what Oracle is, right? I mean, they've got all those things. Yeah, but I don't think they're ever going to do that because I mean, we heard it from the horse's mouth. Salesforce only does one thing, which is CRM. That's what I was thinking in my head the whole time. Do you remember what the talking. context was for when he said that? It was I know it was some interview, but it was one of those times when they thought they were going to partner up with Microsoft real well. Um, I think it was the Thundercloud or something, and was wasn't that wasn't that going to be that was going to be hosted on by Microsoft in Azure? I think. The whole IoT um, thing, yeah, yeah, and I think, I think Benioff was asked the question of like, well, aren't you, don't you compete with sales with Microsoft? And I think his answer was, because even at that time, Salesforce did a lot more than just CRM when he said that. Mm-hmm. But he was just like, well, I no, we only do CRM, so we don't really compete, so it's not a problem. <laughs> I, I don't know that they, I don't, I don't, I, I think they've had plenty of chances to do ERP just by acquiring financial force, but they haven't. I mean, they invest in financial force, but I, I, I think it's too much of a headache for them to deal with right now. <laughs> well, I, also th- I also think they, got, they would have to figure out, I mean, do they do, they do like the exact target thing where it, it's a way for them to get in that business, but it's never going to be integrated. It's never going to be on the same platform as, as sales cloud. Um, whereas financial force is on the, the, the sales cloud platform. I don't. I just. I don't think right? it buys them anything. Well, and, and and the thing is, like, I, I would. I would argue that I don't think. I don't think Salesforce's platform is even ready for something like Financial Force. Have you ever dealt with Financial Force, like like a, a proper Financial Force implementation or an, an org that's got it? No, but I've seen their 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 uh, libraries. Yeah, which are. I mean, it's it's well, a testament what, to to stubbornness, uh, <laughs> determination. Yeah. No. I mean, you you look it's, at you look at what the, what Financial Force publishes just with their like the developer libraries and i mean clearly they're 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 doing their best mm-hmm. right um you know and what's his name that works for salesforce now was um he was like the head engineer you know that was a couple of them but um oh that's right there are there's yeah. uh well, i was thinking of andy um is that his name i don't know and then chris peterson worked mm-hmm. at um financial force yeah what's the guy's name who's like head of engineering at salesforce now or whatever um yeah yeah I'm working on a yeah. shrunken brain with anyway, liquid in it. Yeah. <laughs> a dehydrated brain. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get to our, what, what tell, us, tell us what you have here. I guess, cue these things up. What are we doing? 
Uh, I could just play the clips. I try to clip only the prediction itself and not our responses at the time. Okay, so again, I'm going to need you to cue this up. So this is last year's predictions? This is last We're year's do- predictions, okay. yeah. Okay. And and the fair warning, these were recorded at the bar. Yes. Okay. All right. Start with just in order? Ascending order? Yeah, I numbered them in the order that we made them, so. Okay. All right, here we go. I'm, you know, can I go? Can I go? Because I have something I'm really excited about. <laughs> Yes, this is going to be a new Mac yes, Mini. Here's your whole I can't pass. wait for it. Why are you excited about a Mac Mini? Uh, I don't know. I just want one. Why? I don't know. You know what I really want? What? Apple TV. And honestly, I think that's what I meant to write here. I think I meant to put Apple TV. <laughs> I was just about to say, you know what? I never got that Mac Mini, but I'm glad I fixed what I... Because I think what I was really thinking was, actually, yeah. what, I, want a, I want an Apple TV. And, and thankfully, we got new Apple TVs. We did, but not the ones I was hoping for. Oh, really? Yeah. Because hmm. I wanted the... or. Yeah, because I wanted them to have the new M1 chips in them, which I think are coming in the next. What, what do they have? It's not Intel. Uh, they're the same it? mobile chips that we the that we that they have in the iPads and stuff. iPads. Oh yeah, it's it's the A. Yeah, the yeah, A something, yeah. whatever. Well, why, why did they? What? Let me ask you this, because those those Apple's Apple's mobile silicon is is you know it's not state of the art, state mm-hmm. of the, right, um, state of the industry. Mm-hmm. What what would M1 get you above those? Uh, well, for one, processing all the 4K, 5K, and 8K uh, video. But the main thing is... Wait, wait, wait. Let me, I was, hang on. Let me stop you on that. Have you had a problem with it processing your video? No. Okay. Because no. I find them to be... I find the Apple TV, especially compared to all... I've tried... You know, I was a big Roku guy forever. Mm-hmm. And even the previous generation Apple TV runs performance circles around the Roku stuff. But the yeah. new Apple TV is just... I, I, ne- I never wait a split second for that thing. It is incredibly fast, and I've never had it. And I throw um, some pretty high bitrate stuff at it, 4K. Mm-hmm. It just never misses a beat. So I'm just wondering what... Well, that, what was, it- just, that was just a given, that it would handle that better. But okay. the, 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 the other reason I made this point last year was that they have their arcade, they want to grow that, and they want to make the Apple TV more of a home entertainment console, slash maybe a very True. light entry-level gaming console yeah. if not make mm-hmm. it better that's, and that's the right. m1 integrated chip especially with their their caching to the gpu mm-hmm. um, would make that okay. possible all right i'll give you that okay we got it we're gonna have to fly through these um i said that uh, apple's electric vehicle will never materialize not said i'm saying oh gosh, it's gonna take us so many years to prove that one true though <laughs> I, I still think the jury's out on that one they they they, they work I with could... other companies to design these concepts but what i really think is going to happen with the apple car is the same thing that Apple Apple TV is. They'll provide an OS, an operating system for the cars. I don't think they'll be creating cars and managing that. It's just an industry that's just not for them. Okay. All right. Uh, my next one is companies will begin to bring people back into offices in 2021, but not completely. COVID has forever moved the needle towards work from home. That was an easy prediction. I yeah. would say it's true. Although it's, it's, I feel like now people, <laughs> people are now these big companies have, have have even done a 180 on bringing people back. They're just like, nah, we're just gonna like. Have you, I don't know if you've seen that, but I'll. well, some of that feeds into predictions. So yeah, okay. I'll wait. All right, uh, that feeds into one of my predictions, which is more companies will leave California and San Francisco specifically oh, yeah. as more companies embrace remote work. Oh yeah, which is happening. Oh yeah, yeah. big time. Nailed that. I need my bell. Where's my? It's over there somewhere. <laughs> I think the delivery service IPOs will be the rage in twenty twenty one. What will? Yeah, I still didn't hear that even a year later. What'd you say? <laughs> uh, I think I continue to explain it again, don't I? 
Or is that no, that was it. Okay. I think the delivery service IPOs will be the rage in 21. Delivery so like service Instacart IPOs. All these companies that, that do food deliveries, whether it's uh, oh. the ready-made meal places or the we'll deliver your groceries things or we'll go pick up your fast food and deliver it. Yep. Was it that those would continue to gain, gain tr- seek IPO or plan for an IPO, which it, which is happening. There's a bunch of them that I've even heard of that are either were scheduled or have announced this year that they're going to go for an IPO. Yeah. I actually think, I'm going to say this now because I didn't write it down, but I think one of my predictions for next year is that those, there's going to be a big shakeup with those services because I don't think they're making, I don't think they're making money and the, and the, and the, in the past few months, really, the, the, I feel like the, the quality has really gone down. It's crazy. Anyway. Well, that's, that's why I thought they would go for an IPO this year and mm-hmm. which if they haven't, they're probably going to fail is because they need to ride that hype of the COVID everyone at home yeah. to get the IPO and to get that high valuation. But right now with things opening back up and things relaxing a bit, I think their chances for a good IPO are going to be, I'll tell you what, we are not going backwards. We still, I mean, we never go to the grocery store or anything anymore. We have our groceries delivered now. Costco delivered. Yeah. I'll go, like I went to the other day to, to buy, I bought a full, and a full rib roast. Mm-hmm. And I went, cause I wanted to pick it out, you know, but other than that, well, everything, so the bank, everything the bank people now. like you to, to yeah. type them up so they yeah. can get their, their cash out i guess i should buy stock now and this goes back to our flow discussion flow will be the dominant workflow engine in salesforce but will find major hurdles with existing admins who will find the learning curve too difficult yeah that's true yeah but i think that was a bit of an obvious one yeah. to make. that's fine okay um i think i think colleges are going to continue to be in trouble next year very true that's true. Yeah. It's it's not just it's not just COVID. It's um the the public sentiment changing about what is required to be to, you know to to, to work in a professional environment and what, what credentials are required and um and what the value what the value of these traditional, you know, college educations are. Well, that and the the debt that it's created. Yep. I, th- I think there was a huge push to get everyone in college, who, people who didn't even know what they wanted to do, and they picked some degree that that would never net them enough money to pay back that that loan. Yep. Okay. I think Einstein will be a big part of Salesforce marketing. Will continue to be a big part of, part of Salesforce marketing, but it will continue to get watered down to be applied to anything. That has any kind of you're automated you're logic. You're predicting what's already happened, though. Uh, we were wrong, though. Einstein did not maintain its dominance. It doesn't. You think it's kind of faded? Well, the fact that that they've changed things to be Tableau with the acquisition of Tableau, and they're starting to name things as Tableau because they, they don't want to. They don't want to. They don't want to lessen that brand. I mean, it's a product that they paid a lot of money for. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, let's do a joint prediction here. Trump TV. Will that happen? Yes or no? I never even heard of that. Okay, well, never mind. <laughs> so that didn't happen. <laughs> Did it happen? But he's doesn't didn't, isn't he starting a social network? I, that's the big thing, right? No, he, I haven't even heard of that either. <laughs> no, I just um, I saw this is probably a couple weeks ago, but I, I guess he's got a company or a SPAC or something for the social network, and it got valued at a billion dollars. I don't I don't even know what it's called or if it's here. I don't think it's here because I would have heard about that. But anyway, okay. Um, on Bitcoin, I would say Bitcoin at least will double again next in this coming year Ooh, I don't think so happened. I gotta go buy Bitcoin right now I mean 
don't do it because I'm telling you this. And by the way, do we have to say that like this is not a financial show and this is not financial yeah. advice? Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let me look real quick. Has it doubled in the past year? I don't know that it's doubled, but it's, uh, I, I think I've said this before, but it's become the reserve currency for all other Bitcoins. It, it's kind of, but it's kind of, it's kind of, it's definitely off its highs for sure. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm not a fan of one year. coins at all. Coins or NFTs at all, but that's just me. Well, actually, John, a year ago today, it was 22,000 and today it's 49,000. Oh, well, you're right then. Yeah. Wow. Like, ring the bell for me. I should have went and bought, huh? I know. Damn it. Do I have um do I have the bell on my soundboard? You do have a clip of the bell. I do? Yeah. I don't know if it's on your soundboard, but you have it. So we switched to using that for a while. You know what you know what this app needs, John? A search feature. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> Especially with my old man eyes. I don't yeah, it's not here. Why is that not on my soundboard? I don't know. But it exists because I've, I've seen it and used it. I think we I think we made it. Mm-hmm. I think we recorded it. There we go. There you go. Let's keep that handy. Yeah. That's just a file on my hard drive, though, so that's kind of a pain. Okay. Uh, I said uh, Slack post-acquisition will see little change in terms of leadership or integration with Salesforce. I think that's true. So everything I'm hearing, though, is that Salesforce has got math. Like, that's probably their biggest projects they have going on right now. It's how, how integrated it's going to be. So I think, that, I, think, I think we have to hold that one over until next year. Because maybe think, okay, I I th- I think Slack as a as a platform already had all the hooks and everything necessary, so it's not like they're creating all these new inter- They might be creating new interactions, I'll say. Yeah, but the integration technology and everything behind it, it's it's already existing. It's already there, and even even with this last event where they everything was Slack, it was all stuff that existed in Slack. They just rebranded it. Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to see a lot of that come to fruition in this next in the in the new year. I, I'm I'm ready for some innovation to see something new from Salesforce, yeah. but I just don't know if we're going to get it. Okay. Okay. My next one. I think Jeff Bezos is going to buy something that's a really big cultural thing, and I'm thinking probably a professional sports team. And if I really had to go specific, I'm gonna I would say he's going to buy an NFL team. But I still anything culturally big like that. I don't, I don't think, think that happened. Anything? Yeah. yeah. Okay. He went to space. That's true. Or the upper strata. I'm predicting Dreamforce will not return next year. Uh, I think smaller in-person conferences may happen, but major events from Salesforce will not. That was my, actually, my last prediction was not a prediction. It was just a question: Will Dreamforce be in person? No. Well, it was in person, but it was a smaller event. Yeah, so a I guess thousand people, half yeah. and half, right? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Podcasts oh, here's a prediction. Weekly. Will or here's a, a question. <laughs> Will I don't know what this is. Good day, sir. Podcast to be a weekly show next year. <laughs> nope. <laughs> mm. I think we leave that for the listeners. Uh, okay. Yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah. Okay. So, do we do this other clip and then our predictions, or do you no, let's do, do the predictions? We'll just leave that one last because that way people can just not listen because I'm not proud of it. You don't like so. John did a montage that he's not super proud of, y'all. So. You have to give them some big kudos in the in the Slack. No, channel. no, just just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. If you don't like it, just shut it off. <laughs> okay. So we'll do it at the end. That way, you have that option. All right. So uh, my disclaimer is: I have I, my predictions are dumb, and they're I only have a few, and they're not serious. But okay, I have some that I tried to be serious about, but I don't really care about. So we'll go through them too. Okay, let's just do all you first, then all me. Okay. Um, 
AWS will have outages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which, which I, has interesting implications for Hyperforce. You know, now that Salesforce is, you know, slowly transitioning to public cloud for things, and they have to deal it with has implications now. of the world. I mean, I it, know. Yeah. There are things that I'm like, why is this not working? Why is this not happening? And then it turns out there was an AWS that I was just like, oh, well, that's why they use that. I know. Or but now it, I know that they use AWS. You want to know what's using AWS? Shut down AWS and you'll see what's using AWS. Well, everything. Yeah. I mean, basically everything. Um, okay. Uh, next. Does, does our uh, email system use AWS? Our sync to our main email. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's just one day I couldn't get emails out of orgs into our Slack. Oh yeah, I don't know. And it, it, it coincided with an outage, so I thought that's what. We okay, were saying. could be. <laughs> um. Okay. Jack Dorsey's beard length will double. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll, it'll, There's actually it'll, it'll go full ZZ top on that. I've seen I've seen some interesting predictions about. Um, I guess because he just recently quit Twitter, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, he'll do something Web three. The podcast bubble will not burst. I think podcasters are going to continue to grow, but the newsletter bubble might burst. This is like one of my, that's like my only serious prediction. <laughs> you know, I thought about starting a newsletter. Yeah, I don't know. They're still uh, as much as they're. I'm always I'm always t- torn on newsletters because their email I hate email yeah I subscribe to several that I should read but I just end up really not reading them that much and I I never would personally I don't even even though I get the benefits it's like you can build an audience and and you have their email addresses that's actually really valuable um, especially if you are planning on leveraging that for a product or something or some service you're gonna you know, launch or start offering someday. But I just got, I just hate email and I can't, I don't want to ever have to write HTML formatted emails, <laughs> you know? Uh, okay. Last one. Web. So you've heard about web three, right? There's all this web three stuff. I don't know what it is. I don't Okay. But that's fine. But I will tell you web four will be here next year and I'll tell you what it will be. Web four will be everyone just going back outside again. <laughs> I know that wasn't that was that's much more funny to me than it is to anyone else, but in my in my mind that's funny. I mean that that sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do yours, John. All right. Uh, Facebook will push metaverse metaverse hard, but it won't get any traction with the general public, and we'll see a bunch of companies spring up to attempt to uh, use VR or VR like technology in novel ways that just don't make sense. They're, you're pushing too hard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, air you, quotes you, we probably will see a salesforce in metaverse demonstration uh, at oh yeah i'm sure yeah <laughs> i wonder if maybe um what's who's the who's the co-founder with benioff what's his name um parker yeah okay. maybe parker will, will dress up in some futuristic tron suit and put on don the the vr oh, headset yeah. and do a demo for us yeah <laughs> i've seen ads for metaverse i mean it's still a big nothing burger right now i think it has potential as entertainment i just don't like the ramifications of a company like facebook implementing it and what they would do with that i mean it almost discredits it because it's facebook to yeah me. yeah like i'm just like ooh, no yeah <laughs> uh let's see uh this one work from home will evolve into work from anywhere as more things open and people want to get out of their homes i, I saw that prediction so i think that's a good one too yeah, yeah. The question is, how do you manage? How do companies manage? Okay, working from home is hard enough because you have to, you have to, you know, have make sure you have a good environment. You know, 
proper internet and, you know, something reasonably quiet and all, you know, maybe you have kids, maybe whatever, you know, like some people don't have a good space. So that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. But now you're saying on top of that, oh, we work from anywhere. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to travel the world while also not taking vacation time. Uh, and, and, and then now it's like every day, like you're trying to work from a different coffee shop. It's just going to be a mess. That's going to be a total mess. Yeah. I didn't say it would be a good thing yeah. or successful. <laughs> I just think it, people are going to try it. I, I, there's an influx of people buying, uh, vans and campers and trailers and all those kind of things. Yeah. Um, that are planning to do this. Yeah. You know, the you know, younger generation. They'll get a van with like those a, that don't have kids that sat have with satellite inter- internet. I've seen people do this. Yeah. Get a uh, camper or a van with satellite internet mm-hmm. um, so that you can go to the national park and just work from the forest. Mm-hmm. Sounds kind of cool. awesome. It does actually. <laughs> if I was, if I was younger and I didn't have kids, I mean that I'd, I'd be doing that yeah. to be honest. Yeah. But right now I, I got kids, so yep. they got to go to school and stuff. Okay. Uh, next one. I still won't be able to get a PS5 <laughs> next year. I was, I, this guy, I was in a restaurant the other day and a guy walks in. He's all happy. He's like, he just, I don't know if he got tipped off, but went to Best Buy at the right time and he bought, they were just PS5s all over the place. And he, he bought two, even though he only needs one. He's like, I just I bought two because they're so hard to get. Mm-hmm. Why not? I'm like, well, you're part of the problem, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next one, Dreamforce will continue to be offered for a limited audience with strict requirements. But they have the Dream Pass, John. Is that what it's called? Powered by, uh, power, what was it? Dream- the cloud? <laughs> no, it's like, they have some, of course they've productized and trying to make money off this. It's the, it's Dream Pass powered by the security cloud or safety cloud. I can't remember. It's one of those oh, two. Okay. Yeah. I think it's the safety cloud. <laughs> Gotta get your passport. <laughs> yes. Uh, next one, Salesforce Plus won't be going anywhere but it won't gain any mainstream following from anyone outside the partner ecosystem and or events. You know, that's funny. I, I was just thinking to myself, what, what the hell is Salesforce Plus? Oh yeah, that's that supposed video platform they launched. Yeah. I haven't seen a thing about it. I never either. never got my, my Netflix Your coupon Disney code. Plus. By the way. <laughs> or, yeah, coupon. Disney Plus. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, well, they heard about you and they, they said, no, not him. Yeah, have they done anything with Salesforce Plus? Have we seen they any? Have, like, they have some series on there where they do kind of interviews with people, but I mean, I just, I don't see any appeal to it outside of anyone who's like just drunk the Kool-Aid or we're there for an event. Like, I mean, cause that's where you go to, to watch the Dreamforce event or the New York event. Yeah, I guess so it's, it's nice that they have that technology and that platform so that you always know where to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, I mean, it's not, I wasn't sure where they were going with this. Is it, would it all just be like, um, just marketing and PR stuff or would it, would it be, um, they can carry like business dramas where Salesforce, you know, you know, the world's about to end and Salesforce comes up with some new cloud to, you know, fight the aliens or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're going to get that kind of that kind of stuff. That, that would well, be they talked about, you know, they, they hired, they had like a hundred well, they do editors have some and content, pro- hundreds they do of have content, produ- content, but it's more like industry things or in- interviews with people or. Uh, Those are the kinds of things that like three or four views each, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it might be more like documentary style document. Documentary, documentary, could not get that word out. Documentary style stuff. Um, if they were to do yeah. any kind of anything big like that, but right now it's mainly just kind of interviews or kind of talk show style things. And I mean, of course, just promoting the the uh, woke culture type stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Salesforce will continue to rebrand Slack features as new <laughs> as new deeper integrations with Salesforce, but I don't expect any real innovation. But I would love to be proven wrong. I think you will be proven wrong. So that's my counter prediction to you. Yeah, I hope so. That would be nice. 
Uh, DevOps will finally be released. There was a bunch of rumors that it would be released this year, but that didn't happen. The uh, DevOps Center? Yeah. Okay. And pricing will be high, likely to control <laughs> demand. Uh, would be nice to see this feature made available freely to everyone um, to encourage better DevOps practices, but won't happen anytime soon. And my the reason I'm saying that is because I think there's too many gaps in the metadata for it to be truly effective. Mm. I mean, I think it'll look nice. It'll demo well for the for the the normal flows oh, yeah. of things. It'll look great. But once you get into certain things that just aren't covered in the metadata, or even things that rely like field service is one that I think of at the top of my head because it has so so much so much of a mixture of data and metadata to configure it properly. I don't know how DevOps can handle that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you try. You can't really deploy field service from a sandbox to a production it's reconfigure yeah to get it in those yeah. environments in yeah. fact i think our workflow was to configure as much of it as you can in in production uh refresh de- uh throw away dev sandboxes so you can do your quick development and deploy but your configuration field service is always in production yep which is not ideal but that's just the only way to make it work yeah so your source is it's, it's opposite of source driven development it's production driven development yeah <laughs> <laughs> And I don't, I mean, I, I don't blame them. They're working with what they had. I mean, oh, yeah, half of sure. it's native objects, half of it's custom objects, half of it's uh, metadata, half of it's uh, config. It's, it's definitely not going to solve I mean, everything, but I'll, but I'll be happy if it significantly moves the needle and makes something that's better and, and universal um, that, that all orgs can have it, even if they have to pay some for it. I, and I hope it's a reasonable price. But. Yeah. I mean, I would love for there to be a tiered pricing where there's a free version that only does so much and maybe a more expensive version that maybe like maybe there's a free plugs into your Git and deploys, but for true CI, CD automation, you'd have to pay for that. I don't know. Yeah. All right, John, we got to fly through your remaining ones. I've only got one more. Okay. Uh, net zero carbon or carbon neutral will explode as a marketing term with little substance behind it. You know what's... <laughs> And in fact, everything will be branded uh, net, net zero. Oh yeah, and we're we're, just, we're all I'm net zero. You're net zero. This podcast is net zero. Yeah. Um, my gas is net zero. Yep. My uh, <laughs> yep. Oh yeah. Um, the other big thing that's you're going to see more of is, is climate AI. Mm. Climate AI. And if you can tell me what that is, I would be I would be obliged. Um, it automatically browbeats you into submission. <laughs> That you're a bad person and you're killing the planet. There's all kinds of climate AI startups and that's going to be a big, a big thing. Well, I mean, I'd be happy in general for more data on, on climate change and everything, but for sure, more yeah. unbiased data, but that, there's going to be so much data. It's going to be hard to find a source that's going to, are they going to do, do the same thing they did with net, with net zero? Is, is it going to be bullshit? Yeah. Well, I mean, climate change data i think would be different than net zero data because that's such a scam. i hope so i just feel like it'll it'll be manipulated and and wielded for just a greedy well, purposes well, true if, if you're just consuming headlines but i think if if ai can put together the data and you, you have access to that data and the source of that data i think it has the potential of of making better cases for things yeah in a more reasonable way other than people screaming and yelling we need to do something which I'm not against doing something. I'm just saying I want to see data behind it. Yeah. And the other thing about if there's going to be a climate AI kind of industry, it's like, who, who are your customers? Governments, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, I would, I would think so. I, I said fly through and then here I am. Yeah. Okay. Um, cool. Well, thank you for your predictions, Sean. Those were probably more serious and better than mine. I think yours were better. Do we want to go out with the uh, um, montage? Just leave it trailing. 
Or do we want to just play it now? Let's just play it now. Just keep your, um, or you can do your quick uh, Slack spiel. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, I, let's, let's, say, let's just wrap the show up. So anyway, another, 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 you know, I would say good year. Um, we didn't record enough, but hey, the recordings we did. Or maybe we recorded just enough. Just it could be. I mean, it was, it was, yeah. Because you don't want to force it. You know, that's never good. But anyway, thank you, um, everyone listening for, con- you know, continuing to, to listen to us and participate in this community. That's still really value this uh this good day sir community and mm-hmm. all the people that we've met and some in person some just online but it's a pretty awesome community and I'm thankful for that and wish everyone a, a happy new year yeah um if you have not joined our slack please do good day sir po- com and just click on community you can email us info at good day sir podcast.com we still have a lot i mean that's going to be my new year's resolution i got to get rid of a lot more stickers so people please send me uh, your address and how many stickers you want. I can put up to like, I think up to like 10 in a, one of these little envelopes. Um, what else? Just share us on the socials. Just this, you know, I think we slowly grow <laughs> we get a little bigger every year, <laughs> but yeah. um, there's always, nice to get always, email. always people, you know, joining the, the kind of, this kind of technology and Salesforce space. And so keep sharing. Yeah. Send us some emails, some topics right now. I'm only getting emails from, from people that want us to promote on podcasts. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. Or the funny one was a marketing company working for Salesforce trying to improve their SEO. Yeah. They they sent me a, an email because they had we had a dead link on something and they want me to change it to some random link. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We get a lot of those. All right. Are we ready for the montage now, John? Yeah. Okay. Those go. of you who don't want it, can leave. Ooh. Fancy. I tried to change it up. It would probably it'd probably be the rudest place ever. Rudest? Rudest. Why? Because that's our thing. No, it's not. Yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> our, our, our thing is you lose. Good day, sir. Get out of here. Oh, that's because someone did the wrong thing. I'm just saying. <laughs> you come to our ranch, you don't do the wrong thing. You do the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> Who would the mascot be? Philly Wonka. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Can I have a chocolate river? There will be a chocolate river at our ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Aloha! God damn it, I got a hole in my chin and it got on the couch. I'm trying to sully my couch. It's thirsty too. Want some Santa juice? <laughs> That's, that did not sound right. You're sullying my couch with your Santa juice? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, John. That's a good way to start the new year. I know, isn't it? Why am I doing this to myself? I don't know. <laughs> this is, I'm trying no, to be funny here. I know. Um, your mic went limp a, there. A, a, <laughs> sorry, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> have a dangling participle. Oh, it's got some performance anxiety. <laughs> um, it's the Santa juice, I swear. <laughs> God. I don't know. I don't know how that works. I just put the requisite number of stamps on it and sent it in the mail. <laughs> Boy, did I feel like a darn idiot. Did you ever see the... What was that movie? Oh, you were an angry... I mean, not that you're not now, but you were an angry developer in the 90s. You were so pissed off at the web. Oh, my God. You I'm still that? pissed off at the web. <laughs> <laughs> it's still, still it's, it's causing horrible, you problems to this day. It's a horrible platform. <laughs> 
I unfortunately have I to build it. on it, but it's go. a horrible platform. Uh, I gotta get time. I want a clip of that. Yeah. A horrible platform. Well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. But I can't imagine building, and people do. People build big things with with these types of tools, and it's like, wow, that's just that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> What do they call them? Uh, what does Christy call them? Ad, adminellipers or something like that? Adminellipers, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it just happens automatically. It's from the cloud. How many people do you think made it through the first 30 minutes? <laughs> probably not many. We probably got an angry uh, review waiting for us. Oh, yeah. But how we didn't talk about Salesforce. What's this show even about? He has no idea! We can always count on at least a few my codes from you every every show. Well, I got a lot of... I can talk about my code all day today. <laughs> Super creepy. Uh, you want to talk about the rabbit hole of DOMS and performance straw man. What's DOMS? Delayed onset muscle soreness? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Really? Yeah. No. Okay. Kidding. <laughs> Are document object models? Yes, that one. Okay. That one. You need to lowercase your S there then. It's confusing. No, I'm, it's DOMS. <laughs> uh, oh, wow. But when you get a badge, you get confetti for that. Oh, double confetti. <laughs> I think we might have just created an infinite loop, though. We might have. Yeah. <laughs> that could be a problem. You see? We're not going to do the thing like people do on social media where they only show the... The good stuff? Yes, the good stuff. We show it all. We, we, we bear ourselves completely. <laughs> Keep in mind, these aren't real journalists, Richard. They're tech journalists. Some hard to hear you. Your hand in front of your mouth. You can't hear me, but they can. No, I can't. <laughs> I'm listening through headphones. I'm, you don't know. Can I go? Can I go? Because I have something I'm really excited about. See, complain about me not being prepared. I'm prepared, and they cut me off. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You wait till the end of the show, and you, you, you always at the end of a show, you say, I'm bro. I, say, I was prepared. You didn't let me get to my stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I told you about the reasons. I told you we have. <laughs> they should take a bow. <laughs> and to that, I say, Good day, sir. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. Those guys are great, aren't they great?